Tennessee Titans talk. Our team, fellas, was competitive with a really good New Orleans Saints team. Came up short today. Uh, let this team get back in the game. We, we just sort of lost our grip there. Really, really interesting guys to go into that stadium, lose, and walk out more confident about being a playoff team than when we walked in. I mean, I thought we played heroically. We played great. We had a chance to come down the field and win until that imbecile Jerome Boger and his crew decide that you can knock a guy unconscious and it's okay that he fumbles the football. I mean, there's no there's no way to say it. He's the worst ref. He let Khalif Raymond get knocked out on the Jumbotron. We see him go limp and lose the football. But nope, it's okay. Hey, Saints recover. So it's just, we played really close. I want to say we deserved a win, but we deserved a chance on that drive to make it a stand to try and win the game. And we were robbed. And now hopefully that fires up this team. We want to go into Houston now that we know we control our own destiny. We win and we take some momentum into the postseason. Well, Len, it's funny you say that because just last week when Jared Cook had two touchdowns, one of his touchdowns was that exact same scenario, and they gave him the catch and the touchdown where he got knocked unconscious and, you know, dropped the ball. Yet that completion, you know, stayed in the books. It's ridiculous. Officiating is an all-time low. And also this one, I think, looked even worse because it's not the end zone where a guy was climbing it was... The defender is coming in towards Raymond as he's coming down with the ball, and he crunches him in the head. And that's the most textbook targeting helmet-to-helmet, whatever you want to call it, where they wipe away any fumble, any turnover, because what happened first was a dangerous, illegal football play. And there's like, no, Mike Vrabel won't challenge that. I don't know if you could challenge a defenseless hit, but he'll challenge a simultaneous catch that Logan Ryan ripped out of Michael Thomas's hands in some far-fetched theory that, Oh, he actually caught it, then he fumbled it, then he recovered it, but he won't challenge a clear play where the guy gets blasted in the head. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't think challenges are working at all. How They, they put it into effect, and it's not working how they wanted it to because, like you said, the, the, the play that Vrabel did challenge was absolutely ridiculous, and the one that he should have challenged was the Cleve Raymond hit because maybe it had a chance to get overturned, but that is, that's where we lose this football game. I'll be interested this week uh, as, as we learn a little bit more about that, if he really had the ability to make that challenge, because it seems obvious that he would. All right, guys, let's look uh, at the box score. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, for the second week in a row, acquits himself well in a loss, right, John? You know, I say he did really well, and he did. I don't want to take that away from him, but there were a lot of times where he held the ball really too long, and he wasn't finding his first and second reads. But overall, he had a pretty good game today. He went 17 for 20, 17 to 27 for 272 and three touchdowns. So, you know, pretty efficient day for him. Uh, I know he started the first half off really well, like only missing one or two passes. But, yeah, he, he, hit, he hit Tajay Sharp for two touchdowns, which is really great because he's one of those guys that really, you know, is a boomer bust player each week. And it's nice to see him get in a rhythm. And, you know, we saw some big plays out of Johnny Smith. So, you know, the plays were there for Ryan Tannehill to make, and he did that just he did that just as well as he's been doing all year. I just think it was a little bit too too much too late, and you know we kind of went away from the the passing game after we had a really great first quarter. But uh, you know we'll get into that in a little bit. But overall, good day from Tannehill. Landon Marshawn Lattimore was up to the task of bottling up AJ Brown, but as John alluded to, Ryan Tannehill does an excellent job of spreading the ball around. That that was good to see, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, certainly when you don't have your first option, if you're able to look to your second, third, fourth guys to really utilize all the weapons at your disposal, 
and not just in a blowout offensive win where you're thrown for 400 yards and everything's clicking, but today was definitely an offensive struggle, and he still found a way to incorporate so many guys into the receiving game. That just looks really good because not every team has a Marshawn Lattimore where your main receiver in A.J. Brown gets bottled up pretty much the entire game. And it's just really encouraging that he doesn't have to rely on his best player to be open all the time for him to be effective. It seemed like the Titans knew and bet big on the Jets somehow beating the Steelers. And they looked in the crystal ball and they were right because we rested guys that I really firmly believe if this was a do-or-die win for us, we would have seen Derrick Henry and that we would have uh, maybe not seen Adore Jackson. We might have seen Adam Humphreys. Guys, That it would be good to get back knowing that we've battled. Yes, we lost. There aren't really moral victories in the NFL, but we played tight games against good teams. We're going to go into week 17 with our playoff hopes in our own hands, and hopefully we'll have a healthy Adore Jackson. Hopefully we'll have – we bet and gambled we'll have a guy who I think could have went and should be rested and close to 100% and Derrick Henry, Adam Humphreys, et cetera, et cetera, right? We bet and won, at least on that, right, John? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty remarkable, but Derrick Henry's been talking all week that the only way he's missing this game is if his leg falls off. So, I mean, this, this guy wants to play. He wants to be out there. So I was really surprised when he was downgraded to questionable because all signs – pointed to him playing and him playing a big role. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really perplexing to me. If this were for all the marbles, like where are these players? And it's, it's a pretty big gamble to assume that the jets are going to take care of business and that this game is going to be pointless for us, but it paid off. And here we are winning. We're in. It was frustrating. I think to most Titans fans in the stadium today that we, uh, Ran Lewis, uh, Deion Lewis, 15 times. The guy is uh, – people – our fan base is really tough on him. But he's a good guy, plays hard, really understands the game. But I think everybody in that stadium knew we weren't going to be really effective uh, if he was our 15-20 carry guy. A.J. Brown gets one carry and runs into the house. Are you surprised that after that, and that was early in the game, we didn't see more A.J. Brown or Johnny Smith in some, in some uh, creative ways to get the ball in, in their hands, right? Oh yeah, it was, it's very odd, and I think it gives credence to the idea that we weren't all in on this game. We knew that winning this game really didn't mean any more than losing it, because regardless, we had to beat we had to beat Houston to get into the playoffs. This game, it would be good for momentum. It would be good for our season, but this game doesn't isn't the end all be all. I really thought the play calling was super conservative because at the two minute warning, we've got the ball, a chance to drive down the field, get some points. And we just ran out the clock with Deion Lewis with four or five straight run plays. And that's not the Titans team we've seen at all down the stretch recently where we were playing for our playoff lives, where we had to dig ourselves back into playoff position. Anytime in the NFL nowadays, you have a two-minute drive, you have a couple timeouts. No team is running the ball four or five times in an attempt to kill the clock. They're trying to get points. And after such an explosive first two series, and everything just seemed to shut down and it it got the most vanilla play calls, the most basic things. And on Tajay Sharp's first touchdown, which was a fluky play, we've got a bunch of receivers bunched up together during the play, just kind of standing there. And then Sharp leaks open when Tannehill scrambles around and finds time. It was just, there was nothing exotic. There was nothing exciting. There was there were little plays, like I thought, where Johnny Smith was schemed open or schemed into an interesting position. He had a halfback carry against Houston last week, and now... This game, we hardly see him. 
it really just felt like we were hiding all our cards and we weren't playing at full strength because we knew that this game didn't mean anything, even though it obviously does. John, Landon makes a bold point there, but makes it well. Was this coaching staff willing to lose a game to keep all of its cards? It, it's a very real possibility. We know Mike Vrabel. He likes to he likes to roll the dice quite a bit. So, you know, it might have been a conservative effort on purpose. Um, maybe they tried the A.J. Brown, you know, run play early and didn't do it again because they didn't want to show all their cards. And let's face it, Houston, they've been our nemesis for a very long time, and they always seem to get the better of us. So maybe they wanted to dive in that bag of tricks in order to beat them in their house and potentially have to play there twice in, in a row. Uh, it's looking more like we're going to be going to Kansas City if we're in the playoffs, but there's a possibility we can get to Houston. Definitely want to be able to beat them once, but twice if we have to. Landon, my understanding is uh, we now hold a, a greater than 50% chance of making the playoffs after uh, the Steelers gifted us with a loss to the Jets today. Huge, huge a deal that was bigger than the game we played and that's really interesting but that happens this time of year we sort of got control back of our playoff destiny all right so for your first point if we win we're in and that's going to be all the news that matters for Titans fans over this next week if we win we're in it doesn't matter if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore's backups nothing else matters if we win we have strength of victory tiebreak over the Steelers and we can't lose that tiebreaker so it's set in stone. If we win, everything's okay. Now, right now, Kansas City is playing at the moment. They're playing the Bears, and they they were up big at halftime. So right now, they're on pace for the three seed because they and Houston both have 10 wins right now. Right. But if we assume that we win in order to get into the playoffs, Houston is stuck at 10. And I would think Kansas City would win one more, so they'd have 11. So we'd actually have to travel into Kansas City for that wild card weekend game. Right. And now, so if they went out, they're the third seed, and we would we would go to Kansas City. So that's the most likely scenario. If they if they go ahead and beat Chicago tonight, and then beat uh, the Chargers um, next in Week 17, then we we would face Kansas City. If they were to lose that, then we would see Houston for the third time in four weeks. Is that right? Well, they just have to win one of these next two games because if we're assuming the Titans get into the playoffs, we're assuming that they win and Houston would lose. So Houston would have a 10-6 and six record. So Kansas City only would need to win either tonight or next week to get to 11 wins. But if they lose both and they're tied with Houston, Houston will jump into the three seed because they beat them head-to-head. Okay, so if they lose one of those games, but if the Chiefs win out, they, they have the three seed. If they lose any of those games, Houston has the head-to-head. There is a scenario where the Oakland Raiders uh, take the sixth seed. Explain that to us, Landon. All right, so obviously we have to lose and Pittsburgh has to lose. While Oakland has to win, and Indy has to win, which will throw into effect a bunch of different tiebreakers. Now, Indy has to win because it's a specific tiebreaker that Oakland has over everyone else. So if that happens, if Indy wins, Oakland wins, and us and Pittsburgh lose, you've got a four-way tie at 8-8. Eight and eight, And then you have to, you can't go with head-to-head because not all these teams will have played each other. And Oakland will have the best tiebreaker, and then they'll get into the playoffs. Now, that's certainly inconceivable because, obviously, that's four different outcomes, and that relies on some underdogs winning, some favorites losing. Mathematically, Oakland is still alive, yes. So if we win Sunday 
at Houston, still a tall order. They have something to play for. So, John, you expect Houston to play everybody and be ready to go week 17. Is that right? If they have something to play for, yes, I, I do. But, you know, I mean, it could be one of these things where they don't really play a whole lot of people. Uh, I, it, you know, I can go either way. Because Bill O'Brien, I feel like he's pretty calculated. And if he knows that he's already got a ticket to the dance, he's not going to risk some of his players that have, you know, been put in, in harm's way a couple different times. Like uh, Deshaun Watson, we've seen him hobbled for quite a while. So I think if it were to come down to it, he might not want to play him that much. Same thing with Will Fuller, depending on whatever his status is. That kid's always hurt, so I think he'd want to rest some players, but I think the majority of the players will play. Lana, what do you think? Are we going to get a full effort from uh, the Texans? Now, it seems like the networks think that because the Steelers-Ravens have been flexed to 325 Central, as has our game, flexed to 325 on Sunday. I think we'll get an 80% Houston Texans team if there's any guys that are valuable, valuable contributors that are any way have injury concerns, they'll be held out because they serve. There's really no help to them playing like Will Fuller, obviously. He played a little bit at the beginning of the Saturday game, then he got hurt and he sat out the rest. You sit him out, you give him an extra week because obviously he's so valuable to that passing attack. Obviously they want to win. They want to knock us out of the playoffs. They want to get momentum going into the playoffs. No team, even if they rest some guys, they don't want to go into the playoffs fresh off a loss in their home finale. Now, Obviously, this team is still going to be very tough to beat, but it's not going to be the same team that rolled into Nashville last week because now that they know that, they have the division, and they might know their seeding before that game, depending on how Kansas City does. They're not, their back's not against the wall, so I wouldn't expect a full-fledged effort from the Texans. So it's fair to say in summary, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, if we win, we're in, and likely to play the Chiefs unless they lose one of the next two games. Uh, they seem winnable. One, they've got halfway in the bag now. The other, they're playing Chargers team on Sunday. If we win, we're in, and we're likely to play the Chiefs. If we lose and the Steelers lose to the Ravens, we are likely to get in, and we would play the Chiefs. If they lose either one of those these games, then we would play the Texans again, unless we all lose and the Colts beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville, and then in that case, Oakland goes. So we have a decent chance either way. So let's talk about those games that matter to those scenarios. First of all, our game, we've mentioned that. We're going to open as about a one-point favorite, and that's likely to go up, which makes me think Vegas thinks that we may see, as as Landon has described, anybody who has uh, anything major or minor injury-wise is not going to play in that game. And the other big game, of course, is Pittsburgh – Baltimore. So let me ask you, big fella, we're not likely to see, I don't think, but it's a really interesting dynamic since that's probably two of the, the, the big, maybe the biggest rivalry in the NFL. It's interesting to see, are they just going to let their big rival just kind of roll into the playoffs? Uh, I know a lot of AFC teams would like to see a hobbled third string quarterback uh, led uh, Steelers team in week one. But uh, what do you? How do you think that you see that playing out? And we'll see RG three, and it's just hard to imagine Baltimore not being competitive on some level, even if they sit some guys. I, I don't think Baltimore is the kind of team that's going to sit people. You know that, like you said, they're a tough franchise, and especially when their final game is a divisional opponent like Pittsburgh, who's still technically in the mix. I don't think L- Lamar Jackson is going to allow himself to be sat for the game. 
they might sit Ingram because Ingram went out with an injury today, and we might see a lot more of Justice Hill or Gus Edwards. But yeah, I think that's ma- a we can bank on that. Yeah, yeah. The majority of these players they want to play. How many games have they won in a row? I mean, they don't want to want that streak to come to an end. Landon, that's a tough one. What's your gut feeling on uh, who and and what uh, we'll see from uh, from Baltimore? My gut is that they don't rest anyone, but I wouldn't be surprised if when they get up three possessions on the Steelers, which could easily happen even if they're not at full strength, the Steelers' offense is so woeful and Baltimore's defense is so good. They could be up 21 to nothing mid-second quarter. I wouldn't be surprised at that point if they start pulling some guys. Because you still get you still get them playing time, you still get them in season for the playoffs. You don't want to accumulate too much rust going into your bye week, but you still get them game time, game snaps. But then you start pulling guys when you get up big because you're confident you know that you're not going to choke this lead away. And then you just preserve your starters from any chance of injury. So maybe the starters play half a game, half a game, and a bit of the third quarter, and then they get pulled. But I wouldn't expect them to play. A full strength game at all this whole game. Landon pointed out earlier that we were vanilla down the stretch of this game uh, from a play calling standpoint. I hope it's because we were holding back and not because that's actually what we were trying to do to win a game. And so if we do see Lamar Jackson on Sunday, big fella, we're likely to see pretty vanilla, not not a lot of uh, called runs and stuff like that. They'll be vanilla if, if he plays, right? Probably most likely. The thing with Baltimore is their vanilla looks like, you know, some of our wildest plays. So, um, I mean, they've got a lot of talent on that team. And even some of the most basic plays, they can break them off for 80-yard touchdown runs. I mean, we've seen Lamar Jackson run for over 1,000 yards. And, you know, he's a better p- passer than anybody thought he would be. And I just think that they're, they're going to take advantage of the Steelers team. Um, and I think they're going to probably have this thing wrapped up before halftime, tell you the truth. So, yeah, I mean, it probably will be a pretty vanilla attack for, for the whole day. If history tells us anything, this is going to be a tough, gritty fight regardless of who's playing. So that game is in Baltimore. Um, this Raiders team still would have to win to have any shot. That game's in Denver. Denver has looked um, at least competitive lately. That'll be uh, interesting to see. So we've got a lot of interesting football to watch. Around the league, a lot of interesting things happened today. I know we focus on our team and the AFC, but Dallas – Loses to to Philly today. Just a lot of interesting stuff going on around the league. It's an interesting juxtaposition for us as Titans fans because we lost today. We've lost two in a row. I'm excited because one, you don't want to go back and think. I think this team, yeah, we have we have eight wins, but it looks to me like we really are a better team than that. And just the way we've played in the last ten games, and we have guys out. Everybody has somebody hurt, but I have to think. That if we could be competitive against the last two teams we've played and then win as many games as we did in the two months before and then get some guys back, hopefully. We were competitive without Derrick Henry. And so, yeah, this is a Titans podcast and we're excited, but I have some hope. I haven't booked my ticket to Miami yet, but I do think we've got a really good chance uh, to make the playoff. And I got a, I got a feeling that we got a chance to, if we get everybody healthy, play our cards right, Big fella, I feel like we have a chance to go in a cold environment, wherever it's going to be, and and play well in a couple of weeks. What do you think? Oh, of course. I think, you know, regardless uh, of what we've seen over the last two weeks, we've established ourselves as a tough out for any team in this league, Baltimore included. 
obviously we're going to be on the road in the playoffs, and that's fine. We've done it before. We walked into Kansas City and beat them, uh, you know, during the playoffs two years ago, and we can do it again. And Derrick Henry is going to be the key, so I'm glad he got some rest today. And I hope he was watching and watching Deion Lewis try to execute those runs that he does and, you know, kind of fail at them all. So I think Derrick Henry is kind of aggravated, and he's he pissed that he had to sit this game out. So I hope he I hope he just takes the rest he needs, and I hope he gets some limited practice this week, and then I hope he comes in on Sunday like a gangbuster, like we know he's going to, and then you know I hope he carries that momentum into the playoffs. I wouldn't mind seeing him get to 1,700 yards through the through the postseason. So I, I fully expect to see Derrick Henry and our boys playing in January for for a while. What's really interesting to me is this team over the past couple of years has always showed up against the playoff caliber teams, but it's been the letdowns, the moments when it seems like it takes us a half to wake up on offense against bad teams that always hold us back because when you look at how we've played down the stretch the past few years, when it's good teams we're playing, we show up, we perform to our standards. When it's bad teams like the Cardinals and the 49ers a few years ago, we come out and struggle, but when it's all on the table... When it's do or die, this team, more often than not, beats the best teams that we have to play to make it to the postseason. Last year, we played gritty down the stretch, and it took us having to play Blaine Gabbert against the Colts for us to miss the postseason. Then the year before, we beat the Jags at home in the final week to clinch the last wildcard spot. And it's only because we ran into the Patriots that postseason that the playoff run ended so shortly. This team has shown that even though it disappoints us time and time again, when it's the toughest teams, that's when we know that we're going to get their best effort, their best game. And right now, all the schedule has left is tough teams. I have as much faith in this team as any team in the league that we can go in to any environment on the road, win a playoff game, heck, even some in a row. So it's just, we got to wait and see if this team is the team that we've always known it is or not. It all starts in Houston. I think that's a great way to wrap this up. Uh, I don't think there's a better reaction that you'll get on this game or uh, from a Titans perspective this week. Excellent job, guys. 325 Sunday, do or die. And then I'm not afraid to be optimistic. Yes, every team in the AFC that we might see is a, is a legitimately good team. They go, besides us, five deep. Uh, everybody's proven themselves. But this team has some moxie. And like Landon mentioned, you can have some moxie and come up against a team that has more. But I am very excited. Yes, coming off a of loss day, very excited about our future. I think we've got some interesting football to watch. And it and it resumes again Sunday at 325. We're going to be back with you in a couple days, and we'll get you ready for Texans round two. Fellas, tighten up. Tighten up. Merry Christmas. Tighten up.